Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, how are you? I am well, I am well. Um, yeah, how are you? Uh, hungry. I mean, <laughs> we've already discussed that I'm eating crisps at like 11 in the morning. Um, but they're delicious. And yeah, other than that, I'm okay. Nice. Nice. You eat your crisps at 11 in the morning. Mm, I mean, it, you might get some crunching over the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, how's your, how's your wheat bean? How are you? Um, the wheat beans blur. Like, you know, whatever. It's a week. Um, <laughs> I went to brunch yesterday, was good. But we turned up late. And you know when it's like a kind of bottomless brunch, bottomless oh, time drink, And the, you get two hours and we turned up late. So by the time myself and Mr. Big turned up, we were like scoffing, you know, when you're halfway through one plate and you're like, okay, I want to order this thing for my next plate. So by the time you bring it, I finished this one and I'm not very good at eating quickly. I really struggle. Mm. So we were bloated by the end of it. And also we had, <laughs> we had like Prosecco, which doesn't help. No, probably. does not help. Other than that, it was a good day. Um, so the weekend's been better than the week. What about you? What have you been getting up to? That's nice. Yeah, yeah, similar things with the week. I actually really struggled with the heat by the end. I was really like, I don't like to curse the heat. I like nice weather, okay? But we also don't have the respite that other countries do when it's hot. We don't have air conditioning facilities. So I was just like, just get a little bit getting over, just surrounded by heat. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, I've got a pretty chilled weekend. I sort of needed a little a little chilled weekend um so yeah got some family time with my nephews today which is the exact exactly what i need you're going to be knackered though that is not relaxing no this nephew can't move (laughs) this nephew can't move so it's way more relaxing oh he's he's not the walker he's He's not the walker he's the younger one so like i'm actually like as much as i want them to flourish i'm dreading the moment this this fella moves (laughs) Because then it does become tiring and you sort of wonder like why you're wiped out from playing with like a one and a half year old. Yes. Um, yeah. I know you've said you've got multiple fashion stories this week. Yeah. Let us have them. Okay. Well, do you want to start with yours? Sure. So... I was on TikTok, good old faithful TikTok Ooh, the other day. I love day, TikTok, yeah, yeah. And I found out that with the new release of the Apple Watch, which I don't know which version it is, um, 
but I will for podcast purposes when we post about it will tell you mm-hmm. there was a Hermes collaboration oh and I was like watching this thing be like am I getting punked and then I was like but someone would have gone to a lot of effort to make the packaging look like Hermes to like do it all so basically with the latest release I don't know if this is just a US exclusive mm-hmm. but there was an Hermes version of the Apple Watch. So what that meant mm-hmm. was it came with like this leather strap that was yep. stitched very, very Hermes mm-hmm. and had Hermes on the metal sort of buckle for yeah. the for the watch. And then the sort of plasticky sports strap that tends to come with an Apple Watch was like the Hermes orange. And all the packaging was Hermes. It was not Apple or like it was like Hermes times Apple, but like it was the orange, like, how you'd unbox your Kelly kind of boxing. Well, that's the thing. A lot of brands do do tech accessories. So mm. to me, it um, if it's not like in collaboration with Apple, I would definitely see them doing straps because lots of companies do and lots of brands do yeah. replaceable straps or like phone case covers and things like that. So yeah, I can see it happening and I can see people buying into it. Yeah, because- I don't know what the price tag is. Mm. but it's also just a strap you know like it can't have added that much to it um yeah but you're paying for the brand aren't you you're paying for like the leather and yeah fanciness and the and the orange box and whatnot you're paying so, for the packaging and yeah and to be able to say it's actually a mess mm. so <laughs> but yeah i just thought that was a cool collaboration something sort of slipped under the radar you know what a are like they don't really sing many things from the rooftops mm-hmm like if you know you know but like yeah. they don't sort of spread it too mainstream so I was I thought that was a cool little collab yeah, I'd like to know who would want to get that because like the thing is with tech accessories is like as soon as Apple drops a new phone it's a new size it's a new shape and then you can't use your Gucci mm-hmm. phone case anymore whatever yeah. it might be um apple watches i don't have one so i don't know if the different models and the different versions actually differ in spec that much um but the the watch strap i can completely see why you need i was about to say need but do you really need an ms strap no you don't but i can understand why you'd want to get it because apple watch isn't that nice looking Mm, no and this makes it more stylish Whereas like phone cases, when you compare tech accessories, phone cases, the designer ones don't give your phone any level of protection. Yeah. <laughs> They're a little bit just like... For show. Yeah, for show. But um, this strap could help you kind of dress up your Apple Watch so that when you're wearing a suit, for example, it'll look a bit nicer, a bit cleaner, a bit... I don't yeah, know. yeah, I agree. Because I've got like, my watch looks a bit like an Apple Watch, but it's not, it's a Fitbit. Um, but I really begrudge the strap on it. I think it like it makes it look like I'm wearing plastic, like and there are other straps like to get for it. But I'm also like deciding if I even want to keep this watch like long term. Mm-hmm. Um because I'm a big fan of like a classic watch. Yeah. I think they look really nice. I do this more for like knowing if I'm moving enough, which I definitely don't. So maybe I should just get rid of it. I don't <laughs> need to be shamed by my watch that I haven't moved today. Um so yeah but like I think there's a real market for ensuring that your smartwatch like is in keeping like you said with your suit like your outfit like you don't want to get dressed up and then have like something plastic on your wrist yeah so it's a rule yeah I get why 
there's a need for it. I'd love to see the price when it comes out. That is the thing about Emma's, isn't it? It's like, yeah, but how much does it cost? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. So um, I'll tell you my fashion story. Yeah. First one is kind of a little one, but Chanel has come out with this Chanel Fashion Fund, which mm. is going to be in collaboration with like a number of artistic institutions. So for the UK, it's the National Portrait Gallery. And they're that's like cool. aiming to increase how does chanel know that that's my favorite gallery they just 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 know know. me so well they just know um but it's to enhance like female representation in portraiture and art and things like that it's very upper class isn't it it's very bouge yeah Um, but i also it's something that like it has to start like somewhere and it's sort of like you know if you see it visually i guess like it's all of that stuff where it has to start from the top essentially and yeah just gotta gotta try and like spread it in every circle I guess yeah one thing it did remind me of or made me think about was cultural relevance of these luxury brands and how if you're culturally relevant then you have more like staying power Mm-hmm. follow me on this train of thought so it's like for example there's a lot of designer brands that started off like Louis Vuitton and I think Prada correct me if I'm wrong but they almost started as like um they had like the royal seal or they were the official outfitters of um a royal family or the official outfitters and like they were able to um have like an emblem or a seal that kind of made them culturally relevant or patrons of a certain industry in their own country so that's why you have like um, a department store here in the UK is like Fortnum and Mason and they have like this royal kind of insignia that is like they are the official blah blah for the royal family and that's why they are considered really fancy really heritage um and all of that that sort of principle and so I think you know Chanel although it's incredibly popular incredibly famous I think partnering with these long-standing institutions and being um sponsors of these um galleries or artistic institutions or being donators to particular funds and different projects gives them that like cultural cachet and that like historical reference or relevance I mean I don't know I think it's like their way of um maintaining this like quite upper class standing that was what my thought was might be wrong yeah I think so I think that makes loads of sense so my other one which actually could have been one of yours because um you sent me this, but I'd seen it come up in Balenciaga. Um, Justin Bieber. Mm, Justin Bieber. So he is um, modelled for the latest Balenciaga collection. He's got their brand new um, trainers, sneakers on. And, you know, they're just like New Balance trainers because, you know, Balenciaga... <laughs> um he's got the new city bag he's in this big leather jacket all black 
really like not grunge as such but really like casual streetwear kind of vibe he shaved his head as well i mean not long ago he had like blonde dreads going on um and now he's just gotten all shaved and he's i think he's trying to look like a bit of a bad boy i don't know what did you think of balenciaga having him as a model i thought it was like an unusual move mainly because i wouldn't really associate him with balenciaga Mm. like i don't know if that's even a brand he like would rock himself um that's a good point actually but he is always going to be somewhat relevant. Like he's been in the press quite a lot recently. Like people can't get enough of him regardless. So the fact that they could afford him, the fact that they're like doing that, I just think good for them. Like they're just obviously trying to keep that young momentum going mm. as long as they can. They're trying to like ride this ride of logo mania as long as they physically can. Mm-hmm. And also, I guess, encourage men into the Balenciaga space. Like Gucci's really dominated that male space mm. for fashion. You know, like Prada's always been like a staple for men, like sophisticated, all of that stuff, like Tom mm-hmm. Ford, all of that stuff. But Balenciaga, I wouldn't really associate with men. Besides the sneakers, I think. Yeah, besides footwear and stuff like that, which can, yeah. like, to be honest, it's very, like, androgynous as it is. Like, you would, it's not really gender-defined, their footwear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like that that's really cool. And also, I liked the picture. It was really clean. It was really, I thought it was very, like, chic-looking, especially for Balenciaga. So, yeah. I'm interested to see if there's more that comes with it. Yeah, I don't... I'd be interested to ask a few kind of teenagers and, like, younger people to get an idea of how fashion-relevant is Justin Bieber to them. Do do the the youngins genuinely see Justin Bieber as someone who's fashionable, fashion icon interesting style clothing wise Uh, because I don't and we were kind of young when Justin Bieber Mm -hmm. became really big okay we weren't we We weren't that young we were a little bit probably too old for him we were too old for him but like that's when he kind of exploded onto the scene when we were Mm -hmm. a bit younger and I never remember him kind of carrying the torch of like best dressed for men, yeah. you know, so it is a weird, it is a weird um, pairing for Balenciaga and um, and Justin Bieber. I think you're right in saying that we're trying to encourage more men to continue buying into the Balenciaga brand. As I said, he does sport the city bag in black, like it's like a matte black thing. And I think that the look and the image will definitely encourage more men to like buy into the handbags. Maybe in the more subtle colours, but like in the bigger sizes and stuff and see that brand as an option for them when it comes to work bags, casual bags, things like that. I think, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think I think he's still got pulling power. Like I still think there's probably like a generation of guys like probably younger than us that still would like look to him. I know there's loads of young people I follow on Instagram who wear his clothing range, Drew. So, like, he's obviously got some influence there. Like, Mm -hmm. people want to be seen wearing that. Mm -hmm. 
But that's what I thought. I thought he was like California hippie because I think of Drew when I think of Justin. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So uh, the next fashion story is, um, you must have heard of this, but um, some time ago, Little Nas X um, came out with this shoe and it was in collaboration with this like design collective called MSCHF and it was like the Satan shoe. Do you remember hearing about this? No. So it was this Nike trainer and it had this pentagram on it and allegedly it had that like single drop of human blood which doesn't sound sanitary to me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It sounds disgusting but each to their own and um, so Nike was taking them to court over this and I think it wasn't that long ago they went to court for this um and little nas x has recently come out with this music video which is like a parody on the whole like court case and um court proceedings and things but um yeah i thought it's interesting like uh, nike's taking them to court over um like copyright infringement essentially because it wasn't a collaboration with like little nas x and nike it was like Little Nas X and some other collective. And they were ba- their argument is basically that this has created a, like a dilution of their brand and it creates like an erroneous, what they call an erroneous association between this collective's products and Nike's products because they're not, they're in no way like connected. But this like shoe collaboration makes it seem like Nike's part of the Satan shoe thing, which they're technically not. Um, so yeah, I thought that was interesting. That's really weird. Yeah. Well, he's been, he's like, he's been coming under fire as well for his latest like music video um, where people like try and like make out like he's just trying to shock people. So I wonder if it's like the momentum of this like thing yep. of people just deciding that like he's trying to be a bit too like shock factor mm. for attention or whatever. Not mm. that I think that he is, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Aww. Yes, and um, so also, have you heard that LVMH has bought a majority stake of Off White? So context really yeah Virgil Abloh as you know is the creative director for menswear at Louis Vuitton doing great things people seem to love his stuff so LVMH have kind of taken on a closer partnership with him and they've bought out like 60% of his his uh brand off-white but he's still going to be creative director of off-white and um, I think from what I've seen around there's a lot of indication that it's part of a bigger plan for LVMH to bring Virgil on as like managing or directing or whatever more brands within the LVMH family, which I can see happening. Wow. I think that'll be that. I think that's a good fit. You know, I can like see them being like working well under that umbrella group. Yeah. Cause they just, they're just big, Big dogs out there. Big dogs. Yeah. And I think they'll continue to make a lot of money. Like, it kind of makes sense. And I think people will, like, ride that wave and buy into whatever Virgil has his hands on, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, 
And then lastly, obviously, because Olympics, we have to talk about <laughs> Olympics. So the ones that I showed you before was oh, not the man. correct. They yeah, were not the I correct thought so. Ones. I think that was from a different year. Yeah, which was misleading. Um, but this year's uniform for the UK Olympic team, or I should say Great Britain Olympic team, um, is actually all right. It's designed by Ben Sherman, the brand Ben Sherman, which is very British. Mm-hmm. Um, very I 90s. haven't heard that name for a really long time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, it's a very 1960s um, nod to British fashion as well, because Ben Sherman is known for that. And they're like herringbone coats and, you know. And also, Britain loves to harken back to the swinging 60s. Mm-hmm. Oh, mate. Like, that is Britain's, like, cultural reference in the 20th century. Um, but, yeah. So, I, I I was wondering if you'd seen the, like, the jackets and the suit and everything. The uniform, essentially, and what you thought of it. You know what? I think this is Okay it's always going to be a little bit like naff looking because you have to make it like super patriotic. Yeah. Um, exactly, yeah. And like, you know, like the fact that they've got like a lion on one sleeve of the polo shirt, like, is that a little bit naff? Probably does it look a little bit like yob culture of those like polo shirts? I can't think what that make was called that everyone used to wear of like those really like chavy polo shirts. But yeah, it looks a bit like that, but you also have to incorporate the colours. Mm. I actually think the jacket is my favourite piece with yep. the sort of piping that is probably like patriotic sort of flaggy-esque binding or whatever. I think, I think the um, on the jacket, I think the inside, like the silky inside, yeah. has a giant like lion on it. But also like that piping, you can get a little glimpse. We'll post these pictures, obviously. You get a little glimpse of the lining and it's very mm-hmm. Ben Sherman, actually the stripes of that lining, which yeah. is what they've used as the stripes. And I think that's quite cool. Um, and also like, I think Stella's had a few goes at like kit. Yeah. And I think actually it's really important that we celebrate a wide range of British talent. Mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. think it's really refreshing to like give this opportunity to the likes of Ben Sherman. Um, yeah. yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's, I'm not. I'm not sad about it. Yeah, I, like it's it's what I would expect an Olympic kit to look like. I think this kit looks like something you could walk down the high street in. Yeah, but that's very Ben Sherman at its core, isn't it? It's casual wear for blokes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you could wear the chinos. The jacket is still a nice shape, still a nice cut, quite modern looking. They've got this white Oxford shirt. Who doesn't like a white Oxford shirt? Um, yeah, it's patriotic because it's the Olympic uniform, as you said. Um, but I think it was a good stab. It could have gone very, very left mm-hmm. with these things. Some countries have the wildest uniforms, which don't make sense. But yeah it was all right yeah not too bad is what i'll give them (laughs) speaking about not too bad fashion play the jingle (laughs) right on to 
what I'm finding to be a really difficult segment, which is the Love Island segment, you guys just heard the jingle. Why is it so difficult? Because there's not much standout fashion. It's quite difficult. Um, What I will say is there was a pink moment in like a previous episode where everyone wore pink. It was like pink night. And that's when the recoupling happened. And I was really happy about that. I thought it worked really well. It was a cool way of seeing everyone's style be expressed via pink. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, and again, like we, we mentioned like Millie and Kaz last week. Like Millie is way more like demure. I would say she sort of covers herself up a bit more and don't get me wrong. Like, she had no top on under her blazer. Like, she wore a pink suit. Oh, yes, that was... But oh. she didn't wear, like, a top underneath. But, like, she still always looks quite, like, sophisticated and demure. And granted, it's because she's not got much of a chest to expose. It'd be very different if Faye was wearing that. Yeah. Because she'd, like, have her cleavage, like, fully out. Um, But, yeah, I thought I really liked that pink moment. Um. I was wondering yeah. about the boob tape, if I'm honest. Well, but... yeah, at one point she sort of went to hug and I was like, how does that work? Because we all know that suiting fabric is not really going to take to double-sided sticky tape. Um, mm-hmm. So I didn't know if she almost like just had like like stickers. I don't know if she had like what was going on to like cover her there. Um, yeah, I, it looked tr- it looked tricky to me. Yeah, it's um, that thing where it looks great when you're standing, but as soon as you want to move or actually like pick up a drink or anything like that, you're just the whole time trying to make sure you're not nip slipping. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to actually um, talk briefly about the brand that is kind of like the first time we've seen it in Love Island. Mm-hmm. I mean, this year's Love Island. Um and that's the rewired brand. Mm-hmm. They all like keep wearing the caps. Yeah. And I just find it interesting because it's not a brand I've ever in my life seen before. And oh, really? I, do you know what rewired is? I've seen like the caps and I've seen that R before. No, like, but outside of them. Love Island. I think I've seen it on stuff, like not that I follow it or like I didn't know that's what it was called. I knew that it was mm. I knew I recognised the R. But I'm amazed that like that's allowed now. It, it really shows our pr- our progression onto like being able to shop from your TV, which is mm-hmm. what we like spoke about, especially with ITV last week. Because previously in and this has gone back a long time, like Big Brother style. Mm-hmm. If you had like a Nike T-shirt on, yeah. you had some black tape over that logo, and similarly on like Love Island you almost had to like not be showing or like giving too much for a brand. Mm-hmm. I know in other countries, they very much are sponsored by stuff, you know, like TV, I think is less heavily monitored by stuff like that. Like the U- the Australian one, you clearly knew the beauty was sponsored by this and like all of that stuff. I think it just depends on what um, sponsorship contracts they have. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's like tv you know like offcom or something yeah yeah, yeah. um but yeah there are and i think that's why partly i was surprised to see liam in nike last week yeah 
because yeah. it was like, oh, he can you just very wear rarely the, see that. Yeah, he can just wear the Nike swoosh and it's not like taped over or blurred out or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that for me, Love Island has been able to take these um, not very mainstream brands, like I saw it first and rewired mm-hmm. and make them into like household names because I I had no idea what what this brand was, which just had an R on everything. And to be honest, um, I thought it was River Island at first. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, And I would love to know what, like, the criteria or what they look for in brands that approach ITV and say, we want to sponsor you. Is it just a money thing or is there more to it? Yeah, I wonder. I th- You know what? I actually think, because I swear it was almost like last year, but like, I swear it was almost like people almost had deals before they went in, like mm. not big deals, but mm-hmm. like they would be given clothing and then like straight away, like an in the style or whatever it is, is like, hey, look, like Faye's wearing this dress and they've already got a picture of her wearing it that's not from Love Island type of a thing or like... I think that's starting to happen a bit more that it is very lucrative for these brands. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't mind betting because there was one where like I was looking up someone's sunglasses that I liked and I basically found that this website had like the Faye styles. They had like every Islander's name, Mm -hmm. like the, (laughs) sorry, the original lineup and their name and what glasses I guess they chose from the range to take to the villa Mm-hmm. And so I think like we're seeing more of this pre-planned product placement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's definitely very curated. It's not mm. by accident, you know, by any means. We interrupt this broadcast to remind you follow us on instagram starlover substance pod shoot us an email starlover substance peak at gmail.com find us on youtube find us on twitter we've got all the links on our instagram you know what to do so this week, guys, we wanted to take it back to the decades. And what better decade to start with than 90s fashion? Mm-hmm. So in case you guys didn't know, we are 90s babies. Don't come at us for our ages. Uh, <laughs> but so like this is a very like dear to our hearts. But B, it's like a real moment that fashion actually changed quite significantly. Yeah. Um, so basically a quick summary, I guess, of 90s fashion is like it totally changed from the 80s. The 80s was quite like, you know, elaborate and all of that kind of a fun, loud. And the 90s really brought it back to minimalism. Um, granted there was loads going on in the 90s so you can't Mm. just sweep it with a minimalist fashion but it was the birth of you wearing a hoodie a tank top and 
some jeans and that being actually an outfit like it was the home of just you know paired back comfort all of that kind of a thing Mm -hmm. um yeah and it was it was led by music which I think fashion was during the 19th like the 1900s like and the late 1900s you know like the 60s 70s 80s 90s were all completely driven by music I would say yeah so like the 90s I think what made it such a turning point in fashion is that first of all we had like different styles going on at the same time especially in the 90s but you know we had a lot more tv a lot of tv options indie films came out we had like mtv and like Mm. we had a lot of teen dramas and team like um shows and sitcoms and things which added to how we saw fashion and where we were inspired by fashion and as you said like music was a big one so for example grunge was a big deal so you had like Kirk yeah you had Nirvana you had like Pearl Jam and mm-hmm. all of that and their aesthetic I think primarily 90s was like minimalist beauty yeah but there was still a lot going on in terms of fashion so the grunge kind of trend um was like a antithesis to high fashion or expensive fashion it was tartan shirts ripped jeans dirty clothes to be honest you kind of looked a little bit dirty unwashed hair yeah and I think it was almost like a nod to like we don't care yeah Mm -hmm. like going from this polished look it was very much like no we're just like it's it's all the stuff now that like still I I mean I don't know if it's because of the 90s that I associate with like a much more relaxed laid-back kind of a vibe Mm, yeah like my lockdown go-to look was like a tartan shirt Mm. (laughs) you know like that kind of a thing it was very sort of just like unpolished yeah yeah that was it um no one did their hair like doing your hair and being grungy were just you know didn't not two things that went together doing your hair was not brushing your hair yeah and (laughs) exactly and off the back of that kind of grunge style, you see probably one of Marc Jacobs' most iconic runways was when he had a grunge, um, you know, he paraded like grunge shirts, like supermodels in these grunge looks for once. And I mm. think off the back of that, like he lost his job. <laughs> but that was one of like Marc Jacobs' most defining moments in his career when you go back and look at 90s fashion it's beca- it's like this grunge we don't really care you know we just throw on some casual clothes actually made it to like the runways yeah whereas the runways were previously oh and still is it's it's about glamour it's about expensiveness it's not mm-hmm. about casual wear yeah exactly and i think also um like runways tend to be quite slick and especially before then and also like I go I say this a lot but the 90s that what we were seeing on the runway was this minimalist chic from like the likes of a Calvin Klein these like really clean lines very like feminine and sort of it went back to being quite fitted a lot of sort of like the 90s fashion 
Mm. It's like 80s was volume, lots of different like silhouettes, but 90s kind of paired it back and you were working with the woman's figure again. And these like lots of slinky sort of like slip dresses and just these sort of strappy dress. Like that is what I think of when I think of 90s fashion. Um, Yeah. And so, yeah, the grunge look was was a real shocking moment, I guess, in the fashion game. Mm. Then you also had in the 90s, like hip hop and streetwear was a a big, a big thing. Yeah. Mm, So when you talk about music videos, which everyone was watching during the 90s, music influenced people's access to fashion and looks and styling. And um, hip hop was all about like, there was a lot of bright colours, a lot of flashiness, whereas like grunge was like really pared down, really scruffy, really, you know, um, kind of muted, especially in colours and things. Hip hop was loud. It was big. You had like, like Dapper Dan who made all these like Gucci and Louis Vuitton knockoff things and, you know, um, bright colours and kind of exhibiting this quite like lavish lifestyle to some extent it became like an extension of this image that rappers were trying to um create for themselves and that has a lot to do with like streetwear even nowadays yeah for sure and you definitely saw it trickle down and also a big thing about the 90s was like red carpets were a real mixed bag of um of how smart you dressed like do you know what like some people would turn up literally in jeans and a t-shirt and so this sort of like r&b culture trickled its way down to sort of red carpet looks like i can really remember and stand out moments of like so like i remember this look from like vivica fox But like, so she's got like yeah. a purple bandana on her head. She's got like this purple see-through sheer embellished mm. top with some jeans and then like this matching bag. But jeans you... on runways was quite, quite common. Yeah. And this is on like the red carpet too. Like it was super common, but like, it's this like bandana like S, like you could imagine seeing like Aaliyah wearing a similar look but Mm. maybe not with the jeans in a music video it's Mm. almost like it washed its way through to just everything and even then you like this I mean this little Kim look this purple oh yeah where she had like a little star or whatever on her or maybe a shell yeah on one of her boobs and this half outfit Mm. and it was like a real explosion of colour and just even then, like, the the tinted colour shades to match. And there was a real moment. I don't know if, like, this is your memory of it. Mm-hmm. But especially when it came to, like, girl groups, they had a uniform. So, like, oh, yeah. and I don't mean, like, the Spice Girls have their own, like, realm. It was that, like, Destiny's Child, everything they wore yeah, was, was made of the same fabric. I'm pretty <laughs> sure like Beyonce's mum made their outfits and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was the same with like TLC. Like they were, you knew looking at them, they were in a band. It's not like now that like Little Mix, like you have your own persona. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. all wore the matching like different versions. Yeah. And it was just like, it was this real 
I don't know it was really sleek at the time like I felt like it looked really cool yeah um <laughs> but yeah and also just there was just this real like identity of of groups and music acts and I just like yeah it was just really cool like the hip-hop scene with like TLC yeah you know like I just I, I just and it you saw it on the red carpet so like nowadays if you think of like what you see Little Mix wearing in a music video they wouldn't then turn up to red carpet in the same look Mm. whereas like back then in the 90s they can't you kind of just wore everything everywhere yeah. it was just sort of like I don't know I know what you just... mean like now I think that um, music acts are always trying to wear something different give you different looks reinvent mm. themselves all the time all the time like, showing versatility but then it was like this is our look as a group and we'll wear the same thing in different colors yeah but also like christina aguilera i remember like that's probably actually 2000s but still it Mm. sort of trickled into that like her genie in a bottle music video yeah she would have worn that like top and jeans on the red carpet or doing stuff like it was just it just wasn't it wasn't so varied like you said of reinventing like that was your style and you sort of stuck with it um yeah yeah, I love that like R&B girl band and that's definitely that's definitely made a comeback now we see mm, that sort of thing all the time in in um maybe not like celebrities so much but definitely in everyday normal Instagram culture for sure yeah that's right Instagram culture yeah definitely um what else is on your list Things like kind of what you were touching on before, this like minimalist makeup look, beauty, aesthetic, kind of feeds into grunge. But um, so on TV, things like Buffy the Vampire Slayer Mm -hmm. and um, loads of other shows where we had like... Friends, I guess. Yeah, Friends as well. A lot of like female protagonist shows, especially. The look was... It was always quite a simple, like no one really did much with their hair. You know, it was either like you had plaits or you just wore your hair like normal down. Yeah, natural. Um, Yeah, really natural. Now we are so overly groomed. Back then it was about largely being fresh faced. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think also what we tend to see now is people over I don't know what the word is but over romanticize the 90s fashion when people (laughs) when people go like oh I'm doing the supermodel makeup or you know of the 90s or I'm recreating the looks of like beauty looks of the 90s and they do all these they put on this makeup to look like they're not wearing makeup and it was like no guys back then they weren't wearing makeup yeah (laughs) yeah it was a moisturizer it was a big tube of you know that really like glossy lip gloss it was a swipe of like purple eyeshadow Mm -hmm. and maybe some blush and some um I have a I have a whole like list of different trends that normal people used to buy into should I go through them now yeah go for it (laughs) because it just reminds me of that okay so like the ones I've mentioned but do you also remember wearing those little butterfly clips in your hair? Sure, of course. Yeah. As many that could fit on my head. Yep. And they broke really easily. They weren't comfortable. 
that's for sure. <laughs> um, we also wore a lot of dungarees. Mm-hmm. Dungarees are not flattering, guys. They're, they're just not. Um, crimped hair. Crimped hair was as kind of the most amount of like hair teasing that you were really going to mm-hmm. do. Or like if you if you didn't have straight hair, you would like straighten it and then crimp it in places. Jelly sandals. People forget yes. how bad these things were. Um, terrible. They're <laughs> actually terrible. One thing people do love about 90s fashion, which has definitely made a massive comeback, is the crop tops. Mm-hmm. But back, I yeah. how much stomach used to be out in the 90s. Because yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we were too young to probably be doing that. Yeah. But, like, I forgot how much stomach there was because low-rise, like, high-waisted jeans were not a thing. It was all about the low-rise. The lower, the better. Mm. And then, like, whether it was just that your cardigan only had one button and, like, (gasps) display out type of a thing (laughs) or you just generally, it looked like your top had shrunk. I wouldn't even say we called them crop tops, you know. It was just that, of course, there was always a space between your top and your trousers. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. Even the t-shirts didn't really yeah. meet the low-rise trousers because it's like... It's and then in the 2000s, we had to recover by wearing about three layers of tank tops to... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's different colours and yeah, that's true. So um, crop tops is is interesting because when you take like the Christine Aguilera, you take like mm. what fed into like the Britney's yeah um hit me baby one more time it was like this adolescent but also trying to be sexy as an adolescent yeah sexy there school was, girl vibes yeah there was that like beginning to emerge mm-hmm. which um which is actually really weird when you think of it yeah it is it's very weird but like clueless really built into that trend mm-hmm. and it it was really iconic and it still is um yeah it's a weird concept when you think of it that we were mm. trying to be a sexy schoolgirl. Yeah. When yeah. I say we, I, I, well, that I, we were too young. I wasn't. Yeah, too. we were too young. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we had like lots of other things. We had those snap-on bracelets, whether you'd like mm-hmm. whack it over your wrist. We'd have mood rings. Yeah. There were so many things that kids and like teenagers and young adults used to buy into and wear. Um. And I think that's what made it such a interesting time for fashion. There was like it splintered into different. It was really hickledy pickledy. Like it, there was just so much going on. If you think about it, we just described so many contrasting trends, mm-hmm. and like there were very much different categories that you fit into. Like you said, it was minimalist makeup. So if you wore makeup, you were really making a statement and it was a grunge statement usually, Mm. you know, like, um, yeah. So speaking of your little micro trends. Yeah. So I've got a bit of a theory about the Spice Girls. Oh, okay. Okay. So each one of them essentially represents a real era of fashion in the 90s. Oh, so okay. sporty spice, the yeah. athleisure, mm. the fact that we started wearing trackies, and I'm not talking like 80s trackies where they kind of were quite glam. Mm. This was kind of like dressing down. This was very much like the Adidas trackie. It was like, I don't know, it wasn't as glamorous as we, I feel like the 80s athleisure stuff was. Yeah. So I think sporty spice summarizes that. There was a lot of animal print. 
so scary spice covers that like there was like you know the long animal print coats mixed with there's that i think it's mary j blige where she wears that entire like head to toe very like think of like kim k at the met gala where she was covered in that carpet that was like mary j blige did it first with yeah. animal print uh-huh so we've got the animal print covered the Calvin Klein minimalist look. That's Posh Spice. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And then we've got that girly vibes. That baby Spice. Baby. You've got She's, like, it's like Britney. Yeah. Baby pink. Cute, the baby pink, sexy. which was, yeah. And then we kind of got Jerry that's sort of, not she's not so much the grunge, but she's more of like the outlaw fashion. She's mm. a bit more like out there and stuff like that. And they covered like a really wide range of the fashion of that era like grunge yeah. they didn't really touch on like the r&b side and grunge as much but i was something like they've really covered like the multitude of actually what was 90s fashion yeah i think you're right actually I d- it would definitely make sense if the people who put the group together were thinking along those lines that definitely makes sense and they also were trying to um trying to focus on different like not to be really deep about it but like economic levels Mm -hmm. as you said like sporty spice wearing track suits was a bit seen as chavier yeah a bit more working more common yeah common it was like that was the sort of style you would see across the uk even though lol actually trackies are really expensive (laughs) yeah to get the matching set is not cheap Yeah. yeah um i think you're completely right with that like mary j blige like very like like ghetto fabulous in a, mm. not in a like bad way i don't say it in like a derogatory way but like that kind of very glamorous hip-hop vibe yeah really um, glamorous yeah and, and i think also they played into the fact that back then as well leopard was still really cheap seeming Mm. and i think almost like overdoing it was almost like to glamorize it Mm. you know like oh what you think leopard prince tacky well i'm gonna look as glamorous as i can in the tackiest print yeah yeah and then like posh obviously posh was when you're posh you're rich and her wearing that minimalist as you said calvin klein very sleek um, that was it's a like very similar friend. to the Buffy vampire dress. Yeah, that was yeah, definitely. I think Jerry, she uh, so Ginger Spice, she was definitely like a nod to as we've mentioned before, nineteen sixties, mm-hmm. the heyday of British fashion. I think yeah. that was the because she wore the platforms, um, yeah. the Union Jack, and it was she, yeah, she was a bit of like nostalgia. Um, so yeah, that was a good observation. Thanks. Yeah. Um. So I have like one of my standout moments was the girl bands matching. Like I really lived for mm-hmm. seeing like the Destiny's Child, what they were going to be wearing, that kind of a thing. But one of my favourite '90s looks when I was looking up this was Julia Roberts, "My Girl Forever." Mm. Yep. Um turned up to the Golden Globes in this baggy, oversized suit. 
And I feel oh, like yeah. it was kind of very 80s, but it wasn't because the nature of it, the colours were very 90s. It was kind of like drab. Like the 80s, it would have been like, I don't know, more colourful, I guess. Or it would have been more structured, I think. Yeah. It would have been more like intentional, whereas the 90s was about looser mm-hmm. being like, back to that whole grunge thing, it was like, I'm going to throw on this masculine looking oversized yeah like not very tailored suit but make it like fashion because it's just effortless yeah yeah and I I really when I I didn't realize at the time that it was like a golden globes thing I thought it would have been just some appearance Mm. but to turn up to the golden globes which is one of the biggest awards shows wearing this really relaxed suit and it was around a time where you know she had a lot of good films out like she probably would have been a nominee yeah definitely um I really like that I think that's like the epitome of it is that like you have the flip side of like the Elizabeth Hurley um Versace um safety pin dress yes but then you like literally like we'll post I found so many pictures I think our Instagram will be really heavy next week I apologize (laughs) um but like the mixture of what people wear on the red carpet like I just can't explain his nonsense. Yeah, it's true. It is so all over the place. People are just living in like different time zones or like different eras and they're just all coming down the the red carpet and like some people are in jeans, some people are in ball gowns, some people yeah. are in like overly matchy outfits like the jewelry. Like oh my the- God, the Olsen twins. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything was a bit too... Couples used to coordinate. Overly coordinated, yeah. Um Oh, definitely. I think for me, uh, kind of key fashion moments. One is um, Tom Ford's Gucci mm-hmm. because it was this was when Gucci was nothing like what it is today. It was yeah. overly sexy. All the ad campaigns were like, like, th- like the most iconic one was this woman pulling down her knickers and her pubes are shaped in the Gucci G. That was the level. I've not seen. That. Have you not seen it? Oh my ah, god! How that's have you amazing! Not seen it? it was if like... Instagram lets us post that, then we will post that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tom Ford's Gucci was about being sexy. Love Tom Ford's it, Gucci. That was just it. Um, and so that was again a very sleek look, a very like quite a minimal look. Um. So check that out if you haven't. And then mm. another one was obviously the death of Gianni Versace, because that's quite a big moment in fashion history. And that mm. was, I believe, he died in '97. And um, yeah, that was a turning point. I mean, now we have like Donatella, who's taken the helm of Versace. Um, but yeah, those are my two biggest '90s fashion moments. Big. Big, and we haven't really talked much about the fact that it was supermodel, supermodels that drove a lot of fashion moments as well. Mm. Um, but my, none of my standout looks, I would say, are from supermodels. No, like, I, I think the supermodel thing is less about the fashion. Like we weren't looking at. Well, I don't want to say that, but the supermodels were uh, models for a particular 
brand yeah they had quite close relationships with designers at the time yeah and it was an iconic part of history because these like supermodels were massive I don't know they were kind of like exalted a bit more then they were very for sure they like they were almost higher than celebrities Mm. there was like the top five that was Naomi Campbell Cindy Crawford Christy Tellington Linda Evangelista and then I'm gonna butcher it it's either Taina or Tashina Mm. um Petit who was replaced by Claudia Schiffer at the end of the century Mm -hmm. um and then Kate Moss enters this like big big six or makes it the big six but they were almost higher than celebrity because Mm -hmm. of the money they commissioned like all of that kind of a thing but like you said their fashion you observed them more in shows than you did outside of shows yes they got photographed a lot but because they sort of had these brand partnerships they weren't like driving forward fashion because it was very like the catwalk was doing it essentially rather than the models I feel like but I could be misinterpreting that wrong because we were not there like on the forefront of no we were were, were bambinos we were just busy like wearing snap bracelets and butterfly clips and oh my god I had so many butterfly clips it was terrible (laughs) I I also feel like honorable mention to the co-ord I feel like this was a real a real moment for just matchy matchy Mm. you know yeah like and and even like I feel like the 90s for me was like you had an outfit whether it matched or not like well it would come as a set like you often like bought an outfit as like Mm. an a one and you wouldn't often like wear that top with another bottom (laughs) it was (laughs) like you had these looks I feel like fashion's way more fluid now but I think there were sort of looks that went together a lot more in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. What a time to be alive. Oh, it was. It was a good time to be alive, to be honest. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I think that's all for our 90s fashion mm. episode. The good, the bad, the ugly. Um, what's our poll this week? I guess, what What was your favourite 90s trend? Mm. Um. And when, like, and I think we don't mean big trend, like the small trends you were talking about are the fun stuff, you know, like what what was your vibe in the 90s? Yeah, were you grunge or were you preppy or were you a bit in the middle? Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll do maybe what was your, what was your favourite trend, but also like, like, how did you dress in the 90s? Yeah, fun, fun, fun. Okay, well, cool. Thanks again, guys, for listening for another week. Um, I've been Mim. I've been Scarlett. See you next week, guys. Bye. 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 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.